What's going on, everyone? All about the Data Podcast. We back with another episode for you. You already know what it is. We got Jafar in the building with me. Shout outs to Shanice and Lucky. They couldn't make it to this episode, but you know we still show love to the team. We got a special guest with us, Cam, in the building. Cam, go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone. Hi, everyone. Um, My name is um, Kemi Adeleke. I'm a product design manager. And um, I'm based in the United States. Yeah, I think that's all about me, basically. Okay, what part of the states you're in? You said what? You said you're in the United States? Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah, what, what part are you in? Atlanta. Atlanta, okay. oh, okay, you, you are neighbors. We, we, in, we in Fort Lauderdale, well, Fort Lauderdale and Miami. Oh, oh, wow, oh, wow, that's fine. Okay, that's what's up. Shout out to Atlanta. Atlanta in the building. I actually, I actually will be uh, going there soon to visit a friend. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, we'll we'll go ahead and get hop right into the session. Uh, as we get to know, you're in uh, UX, right? Yeah. Yes, I am. Okay. How long you been in UX? I'll say since um, January 2021. No, well, no, 2020, sorry, <laughs> 2020. 2020, okay. Yeah, 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 uh, How long, uh, how, how have you liked it so far since you've been in it? Yeah, so far it's, it's, uh, it's actually great. I mean, it's a bit challenging, or let me say it was challenging when I started, but um, right now I'm enjoying it. And uh, I found my purpose. I created a niche for myself. So I think it's, I would say it's actually good, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Okay. Now, Ken, you, you, you said your introduction, you said that was all about you now, but I see you're the CEO of Design Pal. What's that all about? Oh. <laughs> you, try run, you try to run away from that. I see you got a whole company that you started. <laughs> all right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yes, I'm actually the founder and CEO of Design Pal, and um, it's not like I'm trying to run away from it. I'm just, I don't know. I just, I'm just a simple person that I don't know how to like start um, talking about oh, I'm this, I'm that, and also uh, yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of Design Pal. Okay. Now you on our podcast. Now we like to big up everybody. So yeah, <laughs> not no, yeah. not simple person. Very complex. Very complex. So yeah. no, be, being a, being, be, being a CEO of your own company is a, a big step. Uh, so are you a C? Are you? Is that like something that you also do along with your day job, or are you just full time entrepreneur? Um, no, I'm not full time entrepreneur. Um, actually, um juggling it with my full-time job with my day job because if you would actually agree with me that it's not easy to be a full-time entrepreneur it's actually a lot it's a lot apart yeah. from the financial commitments then you have the mental commitment and also mm-hmm. i'm not um like full-time into it but i'm juggling it with my full-time job with my day job yeah i've been a full-time entrepreneur a couple of times in life and it's definitely not uh laying down on the beach like it's painted to be Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um all right cool we appreciate the introduction you know we got to get to know a, a little bit um about you and uh things that you have going on so you know once again congratulations on being the ceo and also you know juggling uh, your job at the same time so take us through your um education journey you know going into the field like college certifications things that you worked on like like you know just from beginning to end, what was your journey like and the things that you uh, worked on and how you got to where you are? Okay, yeah, that's actually a good question. So um, I'll say I am actually from a poor background. You know, I'm a Nigerian, so I'm actually from a very poor background, like poor, 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 in that time, poor. Yeah, right. Um, and um, it was all trying to grow up. And I'm the first child. I have two siblings, a, a boy and a girl. So growing up was kind of tough because um, as a first child, you have to be the um, temporary parent for your kids and you have to support your parents as well. So, but I tried, I mean, no, I had to try 
So I, I went through primary school, secondary school, and then I finished secondary school in 2010. I'm 28 years, so I'll be 29 this um, 22nd of April. I'll, I'll celebrate my 29th birthday this, this month. So I finished my secondary school in 2010. I graduated from secondary school in 2010. And then I was like, okay, what else do I want to do? So then I, so this is actually a part of me that a lot of people do not know, right? Because I, I don't, it's a story I don't tell. Right. So um, in that same 2010, I got an admission into Olambiso Nobajo University. It's actually investing in Nigeria, in Ogu State. But then my mom, because we were with our mom, right? My mom and my dad, they were separated, right? So my mom trained us. My mom could not afford that school fees. She couldn't afford not even the tuition. She couldn't afford the acceptance fee. The acceptance fee was 25K. Right, 25,000 naira. So my mom could not afford it. And then my mom asked me to actually start working, that um, I would go to the university later, that I should start working. So I started working and I had to start feeding because my mom, she's late now. She was a, a pastor. She was a pastor. So I was literally the one doing most of the job because she couldn't work other than the pastorate job, um, pastorate stuff in the church. Right. So I started working and then I... I was provided for the family. My first salary was 3,500 3, naira. Yeah, 3,500 naira. So, but I kept doing that. And um, I think after two years, I, I told myself I actually want to go to school. After two years of working, I told myself I want to go to school. So I attended, um, I got the polytechnic. Yeah, no, before I started Lagos Polytechnic, I went to a college of education. Yeah, I went to a college of education. I did three years, right? I did three years at the college of education. So after I graduated from the college of education and I went to Lagos Polytechnic, right? So when I, um, after finishing from Lagos Polytechnic, then I wanted to continue to invest. Mind you, like, don't forget my journey. I started from a college of education. I did three years because it's actually a three years program, right? So after I graduated in, I think, 2014 or 2013, 2013. So I went to Lagos State Polytechnic for my HND, right? So after my HND, I wanted to go to university again, but then the money wasn't there the way I wanted, right? I could not get that much money to sponsor myself to uni you know university tuition and way of life and everything is actually more than polytechnic and college of education right so i couldn't go and then i just like oh okay let me at least i have hnd so let me rest do you get so i told myself i have hnd let me rest bsc or whatever can owe they can owe themselves later right so i started working full-time right i started working and then trying to make ends meet and all and okay in 2013 so let me chip in a personal story into that in 2013 after i graduated from my college of education i got pregnant with my first child my child not my first child because i don't have another one so it's <laughs> only child. yeah right so i so i i i was pregnant and then i i had my i had my son in 2014 I had my son in August 2014, right? So after then, I think after a few months, after delivering a few months later, I had, I had to go to school back. I had to return to school, which is the um, polytechnic, right? Last polytechnic. I got to polytechnic. So after two years of my HND, I decided to... I, I did part-time, right? I did part-time all through the school because I had to work. You know, I, like I mentioned, my mom was a pastor, and there was nobody sponsoring me, nobody to take care of the family. I have to work and I have to school as well, right? So after that, I, I, after I graduated from Lasco Tech, right, I said I want to go to university, but there was no money, right? So I said, okay, let me keep working. I mean, let me face the job. Let me face my work full-time now. And then I continued working and somehow, I think I worked for four to five years i worked for first five years then what, what industry were you in when you were working at that time i worked in all industries oh, <laughs> yes okay. very honest i worked in all industries i once worked as um a security officer like i mean i'm telling a lot of story people do not really know about me in this in this podcast yeah i once worked as a security personnel i mean security like that in that word security you know security now. so yeah i mean it was actually tough it was it was a tough battle right so but 
thank God it's all past now. So I did a lot of jobs. I did a lot of jobs in different industries. I worked as customer service personnel. I worked as security. And oh, I worked as a teacher as well. I taught for, I think I taught for two to three years as a full-time um, primary school teacher. I taught for two okay. to three years. Okay. I did security too, actually, for a, a little bit. I did overnight so, security. So what? I said I did security too, actually. Um, I I was, yeah, I had the I had third shift when I was doing it. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That's so um, then after I okay, so around 2019, I told myself I actually want to. I, okay, I want to resign, right? Just uh, mind you, I didn't have another option. I was then I was working as a customer service personnel at um, a, a company in, on the island in Lekki. But I realized that for the years while I've been working or while I was working, I did not have that fulfillment. So just like I wake up in the morning, go to work, right? I dress up fine. People seem that, oh, she's going to work. And then at the end of the month, I receive my salary. But it was like, I, I was just doing nothing. To me, it was like, it felt like I was doing nothing. Like I wasn't making any impact. I was just living. Right. And um, I don't like that kind of thing. To me, I am that kind of person that I like to make impacts. Right. I like I like my presence to be felt wherever I am. I like my presence to be felt. Right. But it felt like for that for those years, it felt like I was just living and people do not uh, people do not know me. I don't know anybody. I was just there. Right. Like wasted. So I told myself I want to resign. Like I needed I needed to find myself I needed to discover myself. Right. I know the kind of person I am, but career-wise, I haven't discovered myself. Right. So I told myself that okay, this job won't allow me because I work Mondays to Saturdays. So I had to take my I had to carry myself out of that job full time. Like I, I took myself out, then I started staying at home. So while I was at home in 2019, I think September, October, yeah, that was when I resigned. I resigned without having any other job, without having any any option or whatever. I just wanted to stay at home to just think about what next to do. Like, what can I do to impact life? What can I do to actually fulfill my destiny? Right. So then I meant, I had a friend then on Twitter. Should I say out? Not out, out, because we are still talking. We are still friends. So I have a friend then. Then he was an engineer at Andela. I don't know if you guys know Andela. Andela is software in Lagos. I think so. Sounds familiar. Okay. So I told him of my, like, I told him what I did. I said, I already resigned. And I was like, why? I, did you find another job? I said, no, that I just resigned because I don't like, I don't like what I've been doing. I mean, I'm not getting any fulfillment. So I want a better life. So I was like, okay, so what do you want to do? So I told him that I want to go into tech. So he started laughing, like, <laughs> tech. Do you know anything about tech? Like, which one is, where, where did you, where are you coming from? I want to go into tech. I was like, okay. I know I don't know anything about it, but that is why I've come to you because you are a senior software engineer. That was 2019, right? So I said, you are a senior software engineer and you know everything about it and you can actually lead me, right? That is why I'm here to tell you that I want to do this thing. And I said, oh, okay, that am I sure? So he asked me again, that, have I decided that that is what I want to do? I said, yes, that tech is actually what I want to do. He said, ah, okay. He said, he has not actually seen a lady that convincing about tech. So I said, yeah, that is what I want to do. And I'm ready to give it whatever it takes. So that is how I started my journey, my tech journey 2019, right? And my tech journey started for me being a front-end developer. So am I speaking too fast? Because people do tell me I talk too fast. I know, I I got you. I want to be conscious of, of, I I want to start being conscious of it. Am I too fast? Uh, A a little bit. You, you, you could, you know, but I'm, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm catching up with you though. Yeah, I'm, I'm following. Yeah, yeah, I'm following. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> they, can, they can slow down the video to like what 1.2 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you good. Yeah. You, you doing just <laughs> fine. You doing just fine, girl. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry about that. It's I not feel like I'm in the Netflix series right now. Your story just intriguing. What is going down? It's getting deeper and deeper. Oh my god. Yeah. So, so he said, okay, the problem that since I had that conviction that. I want to go into tech that it would tell me what to do. 
So he told me to go on YouTube, um, start learning about HTML and um, CSS. So at first, I got my LO Word. I think I got my LO Word in 2019. Yeah, official in 2019. I got my LO Word. And then I started learning on my own with his guidance. Yeah, I was learning on my own with his guidance. Whenever I'm stuck, I go to him. I send him a text. Sometimes I go to visit him in his house in Yaba. Then he lived at Shaba in Lagos. So I would go to him every Saturday whenever he's at home. And we would um, go through my code together. He would tell me, okay, this is what next you should do. I built a, a blog. I built a blog page. It was scattered. It was scattered. Not, not, it wasn't neat at all. But I was excited because I was doing something. I felt like I was alive. Like that, there was changes in me. Like I felt that passion. Like, okay, I am doing what I love now. Right. So I, I started writing code, right. Even though it wasn't all that like the professional way, but that was how my journey into tech started. And after a few months, Ina told me that, okay, it would want me to go to a training or boot camp, whatever. That if, if I can find any, I should try to go into a boot camp or training that it would actually help me because I was self-learning. Right. So in February 2020, in February 2020, during the pandemic, when the pandemic really hit. So I think he not came across um, something on Twitter. The guy, the guy actually, he came across something on Twitter, like um, all this um, boot camp, like, oh, we want to organize um, a, a two-month, three-month training for people who want to learn how to code, design, blah, blah, blah. So he saw it on Twitter and sent me the link that I should register. I was like, oh, wow, are you sure they would actually teach me? He said, sure, that I should register. That It's for beginners like me that I should register. So I registered and, yeah, that was how the journey started officially. It started officially in 2019 because I was self-learning and I did stuff. I got my LO word on my own, right? My first LO word on my own. And then in the training, the training lasted for three months, February to April. And um, then I knew that I was on my way to my destination. Like I was on my way to where I needed to be, to where I want to be, to where I want to be. So yeah, um, literally that is how my journey into tech started. And then, okay, in, I think mid-2020, I, I finished the training. Like I did two training. I did two intensive um, internship. I did two intensive internship in 2020. And how did I find myself in product design? I was actually practicing as a front-end developer while product design found me. I, I was learning how to code. I was building stuff, building websites, building all this um, analog digital clock and all that with code, JavaScript and all. But along the line, product design found me in one of the internships that I attended. I saw that people had designed it like, these are the things I can do. And I realized that Design was design is more of me. Design is part of me. I like talking. I'm not a talkative. Like I can be in a room and people will know I'm there. I can, but when I'm with people that I actually like, or when I'm with someone that I like, or people that I'm I'm cool with, I can talk forever. Of course, not just talking in here, but I am yeah. that I'm that open guy. Right? But I can also be reserved. Like I might be in a space and not talk for, for a good 24 hours and people will know I'm there, right? So I realized that design is more of me. Design is part of my personality. And I want to be that person that everyone knows. Not like, not like I want to be famous, but I just want to be in that space where people would know me. People would know that I'm providing solution. Like I am a problem solver. Naturally, I'm a problem solver. I like giving all these tips. I like giving motivational, uh, um, motivational, <laughs> motivational words and all that. Like telling you that don't worry, everything will be fine. Just do this, do that. Right. So that was how I found myself in love with product design. And then I took it up. I started practicing it as I was learning how to code. I was learning how to design. So I was doing both concurrently. So at the point I needed to now pick one. In 2020, I think in August 2020, I needed to pick one. 
So I went to meet Samuel. Samuel is actually my friend, the guy. The guy, I didn't mention his name. His name is Samuel. So I went to meet Samuel. So I told him that, um, Samuel, I am also learning how to design. I'm learning UI UX. And I think I love UI UX more than coding. I said, oh, wow, that makes sense. At least I'm, I'm, I'm heading somewhere. So I told him that I want to drop coding for UI UX. And I was like, am I sure? I said, yes, that. Because he knows me. He knows um, the passion whenever I'm coding. He knows how happy. I might, I can actually code for hours without eating. Yes, I was that passionate about coding. I can be writing code without eating for hours. So he knew how, how I actually enjoyed writing code. So I told him that I think I love design more and I would want to be a full product designer, full um, UI UX designer. So he said, no problem that I should go into is that that's, that's fine since I already know what I want. And that is how my journey into product design started. Yeah. So I think let me stop here. <laughs> Got you. Uh, that was a, that was a definitely a, a great story and a great journey. And, you know, one thing I got out of it and I preach heavily on this is, um, you know, you can do do whatever you need to do to, to find your destination. You know, you had security jobs, customer service, similar stories. Me, I had customer service, tech support, uh, security, yeah. tried multiple different things, wasn't really fascinated by any of them. Um, even when I first got into tech, my first go to was to be like a network engineer. So I was studying Network Plus, things like that. Um, and recently got on this marketing and data journey um, because one, it aligns more with my passion. It's just something I'm naturally passionate about. So, you know, to hear your story, I think it's encouraging that, you know, people can not have to throw in the towel and, they're you know, they can still find find their journey in tech and it doesn't necessarily have to be what you start with in tech like you started mm-hmm. as a coder but you transitioned uh-huh. into ux because ux was more uh, appealing to you so you know i i definitely uh thank you for for sharing that with us um i'm, I'm glad that you got into detail uh with us as well and i'm glad you're doing this at such a such a young age that's good you know i'm about 55 years old so i wish i did it when i was in my 20s <laughs> is not 55 years old. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, i'm only 32 but you know that's that's good though uh, so what what did you get your degree in i i'm just doing my degree actually um, oh okay doing my degree right now oh so i'm studying industrial design I'm studying industrial design at okay. um, Savannah College of Arts and Design in Atlanta. Okay, congratulations. Um, I'm actually just starting school too, um, so that's what's up. Um, all right, so my, my next question for you is, because I used to be a graphic designer using like Photoshop and things like that. Um, okay. What made you choose UX over like just the traditional graphic design route? And what's the difference between the two f- from your perspective? Okay, so what made me choose um, UI UX? Like I mentioned the other time, UI UX is more about the kind of person I am. UI entails um, this physical beauty, this um, attraction, like it has to be fine. It has to attract people and all. And I'm that kind of person that I love. I love good things. I love, yeah, I love good things. I love fine people. I love, I love things to be fine. You guys, I just, I just like it when something is flashy. I'm not, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like flashy things, but you know, when I see probably, when I see things like probably a dress or wear like an outfit and it's beautiful i do appreciate it right yeah so i love when things are colorful and you high has to do with that right you high needs to make the user get attracted to that product right it has to be attractive it has to call their attention and that is the kind of person i like to i like i don't like calling people's attention to me but i like it when things look fine and things look beautiful when it's colorful right so and for UX, I am like I mentioned, I can talk from now to tomorrow when I'm like with someone that I like or people I'm cool with. So UX actually puts you out there to express yourself, to make research, 
So I'm that kind of person that I like to make research. I love to, I love to ask questions. I love to like, oh, okay, tell me about this. Oh, I don't know about like I just love to hear from people. And UX is more of that as well. You have to make research, allow people to share their opinion with you, solve the problem. Like, like I made, like I mentioned earlier. I am I'm naturally a problem solver. So I like to I like to help people. Yeah, let me put that way. I like to help people. I like to hear from people and tell them, okay, wh- why don't you try this option? I think when you try this, this will work and all that. But I think that is a gift or that is a talent because when most of my friends come to me to tell me that ah guy, this is what is happening, or I'm stuck here, or like, what do you think I should do? When I give them a particular advice or an idea, it do work out. They might be stuck for months, for four to five months or three months, and they won't have that solution. But when they come to me, I just, I just look like a one-stop solution center. When they come to me like, guys, see, this is this thing that happened. I don't know. Like, this is what has been happening. I don't even know what to do. So when I give them the, okay, why don't you try this out? And like, go like i've never even thought about that right so i am that person who gives solutions so i realized that ui and ux deals with that ui and ux provide solutions to problem so that is why i had to pick it over any anything at all and also i did not know much about graphics so i didn't know graphics that much i didn't know graphics at all but i saw ui and ux I went into it, I made my research, I dig, I dug into it to know more about it. And then I realized that this is what I love to do. Like on a normal circumstance, I can actually talk, meet people, do it, like just be happy, right? And I said that, okay, this thing, this particular stuff, this particular career field is all about you being an extrovert, right? You just have to put yourself out there. You need to talk to people, hear from them, hear the problems, give them solution, ask them what um, what are the challenges using this product. I'm like, oh, okay, this is what I actually like to do now. On a normal day, this is what I do, right? So that is why I pick UI UX over any design field at all. And I did not know much about graphics design. Probably maybe if I had new graphic design, I might have picked it, but trust me, I won't. I won't try I won't. So well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think I think the world is moving more over to UX. Um, even the traditional <laughs> graphic designer, I think, will have to learn UX eventually. So I, mm-hmm. I don't think uh, I don't think you're uh, wrong for for choosing UX over that. Uh, as we we get into more, you know, technical world and 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 people care more about the user interface and all those things. So. Um, I was just curious because I, I I was into graphic design. It wasn't something I was passionate about, so that's why I didn't pursue that. Or, um, but UX does seem pretty interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I may I may take the Google course just to see what it's um, see like just to get an introductory to it because I am in marketing and some marketing positions, you know, it's a plus to know or at least understand UX. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so why did you think um to merge the to do like UI UX with tech? Even though I know that you say you're a creative, why not do something like fashion or you know, be like a stylist or something? I see you with the pink there over there looking looking real fashionable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um well I would say yeah, I'm fashionable, but I don't think I want to be a fashion designer or fashion whatever. <laughs> no, mm. no, that's not that's not something for me. <laughs> okay, you know what? There was a time in 20, was it 2007 or 2008? My mom told me to go and learn um, fashion design because she was a fashion designer before she actually became a pastor. Right. So she said I should go and learn in that. You know, this, all these generational African parents, like, oh, this is what I did. Maybe you two should go and do that same thing. So I thought oh, that ah, I can't do it. So it's not for me. But she forced me. She, yeah, she forced me. So I went, I went and I I didn't use, 
<laughs> I didn't use two weeks before I was sent out. <laughs> I was sent back because I told the boss, I said, I don't like this. I'm not finding it. I'm not finding it interesting. How would I be at one place and be cutting, 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 cutting? I like I, I, my mom said I wasted her money, like because you know traditionally you have to buy all this stuff, like all this stuff for your boss. You buy this, you buy that, because you want to learn that stuff, right? You want to learn fashion, fashion designing. But um, yeah, I, I did not use up to two weeks before I was sent. I was sent to my house that I do. I'm not serious, and it was because I wasn't interested. Yeah, so um, design digital products, designing digital products or um, physical products is part of me like i don't know how to explain it's more like my life than me sitting down or standing and cutting dresses and like or or drawing i don't have that gift you know sometimes you just have to know your gift like your strengths i don't have that gift i don't have it so that is why i prefer to do the digital part mm-hmm. okay okay reasonably say my mother like, likes to be a stylist, so she's she definitely into the fashion and everything. So it's cool, like, you know, how different things just touch different people. And so it's like, hey, I like doing this, but then this one likes doing that. So it's your place in the world, your place in the world. I dig that. So, um, okay, shoot. That's what's up. But you do like fashion, though, and dressing up and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. I love that. I mean, people do tell me that I'm one of the tech sis, like one of the tech babes that know that loves fashion, that loves to dress. Like, I love to dress so much. I love to dress to kill, right? But that is where I stop. I can't be a stylist. Mm-hmm. So did you have, like, any other areas of interest that you would focus on? Like, um, besides from design or, like, front-end developing, like, what other things are you interested in? Yeah, I'm interested in, or I love to market as well. You know, I mentioned that I love to talk, so I love to market. I can convince people to buy products. Without you knowing, I'm convincing you, and I will convince you to buy that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I love, I love project management as well. I am, I'm gifted with managing people and managing projects, right? So I know how to handle disputes. I know how to settle crises. I know I am I'm, I'm good at um, managing crises right and settling disputes. So I actually la- I love to do project management as well. Apart from design, I love to do project management, and as well I actually like marketing, right? Like a form of digital marketing. When you check, if you check my Twitter handle, yeah, if you check my Twitter handle, you see that I am active, right? And I when I actually say something like that they call it influencer whatever 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 so i just me i just love that i love to like oh okay guys um try this out or have you seen this do you know this helps and all that it's just it's just me right and i find it i think it's seamless it's not it i don't find it stressful it's um it's more like i'm i'm just catching crews and it will be done right so those are the two parts in tech as well that i love right marketing and um, project management do you see yourself uh ever like going into any of those fields yeah 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 sure project management actually yeah i would actually go into it if not i think i've started going things because right now i work as a product design manager right now so i would definitely at a point go into project management fully because I function well when it comes to managing people. I know how to undo people. I know how to make people get work. I know how to make people do their task and also get a job done, right? I know how to get a job done, right? From the conceptualization to the full production to launching, I'm good at that. So definitely, I would definitely go into project management later. That's that's awesome. You know, one thing I just discovered uh, on accident, um, like this past week doing research for someone else's, they actually have a position called marketing project manager. It's like you're uh, the project manager of a marketing team. So maybe you can merge your, your two loves and do something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hi. Jamie, I'm trying to recruit her. She does UI UX. <laughs> I have I 
have a marketing agency as well. I have a marketing agency. Apart from Design Paul, I have two other startups that I am not really pushing it out there yet because I still want to get some things done. But I have yeah. a marketing agency and also there's a fintech product I'm building right, that my team is building and oh yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually have a marketing agency too. Um, it's at a standstill right now because I'm building the all about the data community and I just landed a new role. Um, so I, I just landed a role doing digital marketing in a cybersecurity startup. Um, but yeah, I got an agency that I plan to to build up once time allows. Uh, you know, it's only so much hours in a day. But um, but that's good though. I'm glad that you're um doing all that and like i said it kind of coincides because understanding ux is is pretty good you know in marketing um and i've seen a lot of marketing roles mainly on the creative side um that you know would would like for you to know ux and even css so it's also good that you know how to code css is pretty pretty big as well uh do you still code from time to time or <laughs> I don't know how to code again. You don't know how to code no, anymore? You didn't She lost it all. <laughs> not like I don't know how to code again. Like, uh, uh, it's bad as bad. Like, I mean, I can still add some, but I don't do it. It's been since 2020. I stopped doing it. So, but yeah. I wouldn't say I can't code anymore. I can't, but of course, won't be as much as I did back then. Yeah. Maybe if I dedicate time to go into it to keep learning it again, fine. But for now, yeah, well, I mean, it's not necessary, right? I think you're doing good where you are. Um, so, um, so that that'll lead me into this next question here is: Can you take us through your design process when it comes to like production creation? Uh, like, what tools are you using? Um, I know Figma is is one popular one. Um, but are there any special ones that you're using? Like, what's your whole process? Okay, so my whole design process actually starts from when um, conceptualization, when the team or the stakeholders um, drop, the, drop the project idea, like, okay, guys, we would be building this product, and this is what it looks like. These are our user stories. These are the features we're looking at getting and all. And I as the designer in the team, right, I ensure that I start from understanding the problem because for every design, every design is a solution to a particular problem. Without a problem, there is no design because there's, there's something you're solving. That is why you're designing. So I ensure that first I understand the problem because that is like the foundation of everything. Yeah. So when I realized that, okay, I've, I understand that problem, like I have, I know everything the stakeholders want and all, then I dive into getting to know what the users want. The first thing is to know what the stakeholders want for me, like, because stakeholders will tell you that, okay, guys, let's build a product that can fly. Let's build a product that users can actually jump from, from um, Niger to Canada. Right. And as they're dropping, they should be working as well. Right. Those are what they want. Now, as the designer, I have to know what the users want. Right. So after getting to know what the stakeholders want, then I actually conduct user research to know what the potential users want and our target audience, our target users. Right. So after doing all that, I analyze my research to know the responses to know the priority that needs what they really need. And then, you know, analyzing the research would help um, not just me, the designer, but also the project manager to understand that this is what the stakeholders want, but these are the things the users need. You know, stakeholders will tell you that we know what our users want, we don't need to do research, but if you are a product designer that you are actually a product designer a ux designer you will know that user research getting to know the users is also important right so i would conduct the user research then analyze my research and after that i get to do what go into brainstorming session to sort out the problem create a problem statement then create a solution based on ideas 
how can this be solved in the most simplest form? So that is actually how I start from conceptualization to me understanding the problem to carrying out research to understand what the users actually want and analyzing the feedback I got from the research to know the power it is. Users can also want 20 things at the same time, but what is the priority? Right, that is when you analyze the research, know what they really want, the priority. Right, and after that, I, I then go stop on possible solutions, like ideas on how best to approach the design. Because the product itself is a whole solution. It's one whole solution. Like, oh, we want to build an app that can allow people travel from Nigeria to Canada without having to book their visa without having to go for their visa interview. That's a, that's a solution, right? Because right now, Nigerians are going for visa interview for, to Canada. Okay, now let's build an app that can allow them book, um, that can allow them book their visa, right? Apply for visa, rather apply for their visa without having to go for a visa interview. If it's actually possible, that's a solution. If it's possible, it's a solution, right? Now, having understand that, the client or the stakeholder wants a product that can allow Nigerians. Nigerians are the target, um, the potential users. They are the target users, right? What I have to do is to now start brainstorming after analyzing my research and all. Oh, I, I, I need to now start brainstorming on ideas on how to approach that solution, like how to approach that problem. I have to start brainstorming on solution. That product itself is one whole solution, which needs to be breaking down. It needs to be broken down, right? So then I start um, brainstorming and after the brainstorming session to develop the problem statements and um, getting to know the solution, how to approach the design. And then have to, there are some things we do like user flow, empathy map, um, user journey map, all these are UX times. And they are part of the things that as a UX designer, you need to work on them so, hope I'm not boring you guys because I'm, no, I'm, no, diving, I'm diving deep into UIUX. So, 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 empathy map, user flow, user journey map, um, they are the things you need to do. Like, those are the things you need to create to actually know what you are doing, to know how you're solving that problem, right? Because user flow allows you to know the journey of the user, right, from when they launch that app. So when they log out and every 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 of the every of the action every action that's taking another app, so that you have to put that out. There are tools we use for that. We use Migon, M I R O. We use Migon for that, and um, some people use Figma as well. Figma can also be used to create user flow, right? But most people use Migon, M I R O. It's it's actually a Brainstorming and um, and you said, tool, uh, you said mirror, yes, yes, yes. okay. I, uh, I hated mirror, I had to use that in a uh, scrum master class I did, and I it just wasn't fun. Oh, okay, okay. She actually went into the next questions, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So, um, then after all that, after creating all those, all those jargons and all that, then you start creating the low fidelity wireframes, the low fee wireframes. So wireframes are the skeleton of your design. There you don't have all the fancy, fancy, the icons, you don't have the colors, you don't have anything that can attract anybody. That is just the skeleton, like the structure. Okay, this is how the home screen would look like. This is how um, the purchase screen would look like. This is how the checkout screen would look like. So the low fidelity wireframe is the structure. And after I've done that, we go into testing. That is the first testing because the wireframes need to be tested. So we, so the team can know that, okay, we are actually in line with what the users need and as well what the stakeholder wants. Because we are trying to solve a problem here, don't forget. So after, after, upon creating that low fee wireframes, we have to go into a testing, a form of paper testing, like a low fee testing to understand, to know that, okay, are we actually solving this problem? 
are we doing what the users want? Are we are, are, are we actually making progress, or we are just we are just doing rubbish? Like that is the point. You know that you are really solving a problem if you are, and if you're not, you will know that oh, you are not doing anything yet, right? So at that point, it is easier for you to make changes. Not that even it is not that after doing your IF you can't you can't but right but at that point where the design is still in the scalator period the scalator part it's easier for you as the designer to make changes no matter the kind of changes they want to make you can actually make changes there and then you move to the I fidelity wireframes so for the I fidelity wireframes you can bring in icons but they're just gonna be in black or white. Right. So I feel out wireframes, you can put in icons, you can put in text, but everything would actually still be in black or white. But of course, it's more like an advanced scaling of the products. Right. Then upon testing of that IFI wireframes too, you test it with the team, you test it with the potential users and all, and the stakeholders, the seeds, and okay, then the next thing is now to after, okay, upon nutrition, because after you test, of course, there would be feedback. There would be feedback. So you make iterations and all. And then that is when I now create the iFidot wireframes, the one with the colors and everything and pictures and illustrations and all. So the tool I use for design is majorly Figma. I know how to use Adobe XD, but I use Figma 24-7. I can also use InVision as well. There is an app, there's a tool, right? A design tool, InVision. I use InVision too, but my primary design tool is Figma, right? And I create all my designs of Figma. I use Mirror for my whiteboard. I use with Mirror as my whiteboard tool where I create my empathy map, my user journey map, my wireframes and all. And also, after creating the I fidelity design where you have the illustrations, everything fancy, beautiful, and all. Then we now come to where we have to test the design. We have to test the solution. Is it working? Right. So for to test the solution, we have a lot of tools. We have a lot of UX testing method. There are a lot of usability testing method that designers operate on based on the kind of products. You, you pick the method you want to use based on the kind of product you're building, right? So, and there are tools for it too. We have um, we have these um, tools, Proto, whatever. I think ProtoPy, I forgot it. Yeah, right. And we also have Maze, M-A-Z-E, Maze. We also have Maze. We have usertesting.com. We have usertesting.com. A lot of people use Maze, right? A lot of people use Maze, but a lot, some... Um, some organizations also use usertesting.com, right? So those are the um, platforms where you can test your designs. There you get your users and we can do user testing just like the way we're having this podcast, right? Where I'm actually seeing you guys, I'm talking to you guys. I, we can also conduct a usability testing this way, right? So I'll send the link to you guys. If you are using this method, I'll send the link of the prototype, the prototype link to you. So you, you, I'll give you specific tasks to carry out on the app. If it's a, if it's an, if it's a mobile app or a web app. So I'll give you tasks, probably um, go through the purchase funnel. Then you, you actually use that app. Like you are a user and you want to buy something, right? And or it might be, I can tell you to go through the sign up flow, like sign up as a user, like as a new user, right? So your feedback are things that we would note. When you give us feedback, like, okay, at this point, you realize that there's a problem at this point, right? So those are the feedback we would note as the designer, then we would iterate upon it. We make iterations, not redesign, iterations like corrections and all. And after correction, you test again. So design is so complex that you have to keep testing till you get to the point where that you know that, okay, this thing can go into production now, right? Because if users are still having issues with it, it can't go into production yet. You have to keep testing. And that is why we also have um, the um, demo testing or what's it called? This um, demo launching, like when they launch their products, but it's not... Out, it's not public to the users. 
where you have your QA testers. That's another form of testing. You yeah. have the QA testers to test it. That one is on the engineering parts. Probably after the design is done, a lot of iterations have been made. Then the engineers have built the projects or the products, they built it. And then, but there still have to be another testing. You know, engineers also make mistakes. Some of them do rubbish as well. Right. Yeah. So there have to be another testing. That is where you have the, the more testing and you bring in the QA testers. There, for that kind of testing, you test with the team, with the, um, the team, the internal team, and then you also hire QA testers to test it. So that is my design process in a nutshell. And that is how we push a product to production from conceptualization. Girl, you tell good stories with case studies. I know you kill your interview. Uh, you going in right now? Hey, hey yeah, um, your interview. They be like, you're hired before you even finish. <laughs> what? For real? I'm like, dang, you going in? <laughs> yeah, but that that's good though. Uh, I I'm, I like how you just you know gave it from beginning to middle to end. Uh, so that's what's up. Um, I, I figured Figma was one of the popular ones. I actually tried to use Figma. I was just like playing around just, you know, just to see. I was like, I don't know how this works. What What are some tips that you got to, you know, for a beginner to master Figma? Like, Okay, so um, Figma is a beginner-friendly tool. Fig- I love the people that actually created that platform. They are smart. It's flexible. Figma is flexible. I started with Figma as well. Maybe that is actually the reason why I love it. It's really flexible and beginner friendly. And now the tips for a beginner to understand um, how to use Figma. First of there are a lot of YouTube videos on YouTube. There are a lot of Figma tutorials on YouTube that you can watch as a beginner. You can watch 10 tutorials on Figma. That is as much as how you can go it doesn't have to be one, excuse me, it doesn't have to be one video. It doesn't have to be just two. I learn broadly. If I'm learning, I'm learning like I want to, uh, like I want to go month. That is the kind of way I learn. I learn like probably I would, I would wake up tomorrow morning, right? Because I just want to make sure I get everything I need. Like I want to make sure that I get everything I want, right? So as a designer who wants to learn Figma, a newbie, there are a lot of tutorials on YouTube on Figma, like how to use Figma alone. So learn as much as you can. Do not just watch one video and stop. You can watch one video and that guy or the lady or whosoever at that video might not teach everything about Figma inside that video, right? Probably the person might just talk about how to use the pen tool. Go depth, go in depth into using the pen tool and all, and then there are still so or many other features on Figma that you have to use as a designer. So you can't just watch one tutorial and stop. You have to watch like if you can watch ten on how to use Figma. Figma is actually beginner friendly. It's, you might even get to know how to use Figma without watching any tutorial. Yeah, it is that it is that smooth to use. You might get to know how to use it without watching any tutorial at all. At all, right? Yeah. Okay. That's actually watch tutorial. That's. Yeah, I'm gonna give it another try. I tried it about a week ago, so I'll. Uh, about a week ago. A week, week ago. ago. <laughs> I'll try that one more time and see. <laughs> um, but okay, so you know, um, <clears throat> what what are some things that you do to like keep up with the latest trends in your industry? You know, with things always growing and evolving. How, how do you keep up with like what's new and what's popping? Okay, for you to be a designer, you have to be someone who loves to read. Yeah, and you need to be someone who loves to read and you have to be someone who loves to research. You know, when I was mentioning why I chose design, I said it is part of me because I love to ask questions. I love to make research. So the, to keep up with um, what is happening, tech is evolving. I mean, tech is not there sitting waiting for you to come and catch up, it is moving. So you have to move, you have to get your heart up and move along with it, right? So I actually read, I read a lot. I Google, on Google, I read books, I have designed books. I, sometimes I watch tutorials, but I'm not a, I'm not a fan of watching YouTube tutorials. Yeah, I do learn from that. I actually learn from reading. 
I learned from reading books, reading design books, right? Uh, but maybe once in a while, once in a blue moon, it's actually so gay. It's so gay for me to sit down and start watching tutorial, right? But I learned from reading books, reading blogs, article. Yeah, those are the ways you can keep up. But if you're someone who learned from seeing, then tutorials are more like your best option of catching up with the trend in design or the tech field. But I am not that kind of person who learn from seeing. I learn from reading, like having it in my head. That is the way I learn, right? So I read a lot and I also make research. I read um, design blogs, design articles, and I have a lot of design books I read as well. So, and also online on Twitter, you have a whole lot of people talk about this, talk about that. I read tweets, I read trade. I read people threads, people tweets, right? If it's informative, I do read it. And if I say that right from the first sentence, if I say that this person is speaking jargons, I just, I move past, right? So that is how I learn. And for people that love to learn by seeing, by watching tutorials, that is a very good way of also keeping up with the tech trend and what is happening in the design field, watch a lot of tutorials, watch as much as you can. I mean, as much as you can you have to keep learning and you have to keep um practicing yeah to keep yourself in this design space you have to keep doing it i mean you have to keep working your ends have to keep doing it because if not it is easier for you to forget it is easier for you to it is easier for it to leave you for it to leave you right yeah design leaves people just like code as well coding leaves people too if you don't do it for a long time it gets to leave you right so yeah. that is that is actually got you okay that's an interesting point um i i think i i definitely enjoy reading i feel like uh reading goes in a little more detail but i do like tutorials too i'm like in the middle i i i want to read it first so when i look at the tutorial i'm like okay i remember when i read that that's how that's how i am like i like to read it and then because the reading like sets the foundation and then you watch the videos to kind of recap and it like ties everything together now if you're visually seeing it. Mm -hmm. It, so, it wireframes it. Yeah, but that, that's cool that you do that because, you know, you're thinking UI, UX, so you need to, you know, watch a video all the time. And it's like, no, you actually got to read the concepts, you know, and it'll help you understand. So I dig it. Got you, got you. But yeah, we just have a few more questions for you and then we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up the podcast. You know, we just want to shout out to all our listeners who are supporting All About the Data podcast, you know, sharing it on social media, sharing it with friends. You know, we appreciate all the love. Um, it's, it's, it's funny, we're only in a quarter two of our podcast and, you know, we already have so much supporters. So, you know, just want to uh, show love and appreciation to everyone and also show love to Kim for coming on here and talking about your journey in UX, you know, you about to make me about to make me learn about UX. I'm going in, but uh, you know, we just want to wrap it up here. Um, any tips or advice you have for anyone you know looking to get into UX design? Um, anything that you know you would you would say uh, a beginner should do? Like, if I want to start today, what what should I do today to get into UX? Okay, so um, my tips or advice for anyone trying to get into UX is first of <clears throat> you need to learn the basics. Like, how do you learn? If you are the kind of person who read, if you love to read, read. If you like to, if you learn by seeing, by watching it, go to YouTube. YouTube is an institution where you can actually direct your, your, your professor or your teacher to teach you what you want to learn. Right. You know, in a normal school setting, you can't tell your professor what you want to learn. <laughs> Excuse me. They will teach you what is in the curriculum, what they mm -hmm. want you to learn. But on YouTube, you can tell your teacher, this is what I want to learn. That is, it is what exactly you want to learn. You type into the search bar. Right. And that is what the search engine will bring to you. So go on YouTube, watch a lot of tutorials on UX and UI. Right. And another thing is, I want everyone listening to know that you can be a professional UI without having anything to do with UX. And you can as well be a professional UX without a UX designer, without having anything to do with UI. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to be a generalist. You can decide to be a specialist. Yeah. 
yeah, it's possible, 100% possible. And you would be doing fine. You, if I, you would be sought after more, you'd be sought after more than people that are actually journalists that does both UI and UX, right? So another thing is online, we find a whole lot of information. Oh, tech is this, design is this, design is that, don't do this, don't do that. I just want you to know that you need to learn how to filter information. In this design space, in this tech space, you would get a lot of information, like a whole lot. But you need to learn how to filter information because if you don't learn how to filter information, you are just a step to killing yourself and just being confused on what to do or in the, in the industry you would actually be totally confused. Because this person, I can actually go online, I can feel good, so good, pick up my phone and go online and type, oh, UX design is this, blah, 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 is that. And the person can also feel so good in their house, also pick up their phone. And say, the same UX design that I quoted like this, the person also pick up their phone, oh, UX design is blah, 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 blah. We are having different meaning to it. Right. Another person too, probably in Nigeria, would pick up his phone too. I said, "You design is this." Like you would find a whole lot of information online, but you have to know how to filter information. Throw away the ones that you know that this person is speaking rubbish or this person is just saying rubbish, and use the one that is you know that okay, this person is actually making sense. This person is making points. Right. If you want to be a designer. That is one skill you need to have, being able to filter information, right? And also, you need to be someone who is open-minded. You don't have to be rigid. Designers are flexible. Designers are flexible humans. You don't have to be rigid. You have to be open-minded. You have to welcome people's opinion. Of course, you know you won't use it. You might not use it. I mean, you might tell me, oh, Kimmy, I feel this design... I feel, I, I feel, so far you are telling me you feel, I will I, I, tell you, okay, and then I'll throw, it, I'll throw it away. If I say that it doesn't make sense. If I say that it doesn't make sense, I'm throwing that opinion away. Like, it, it, it can't even enter a part of my brain, but that is the kind of person I am. But if I say that it makes sense, like what you're saying, you're actually making a point, then I will see to it, right? So as a designer, you have to be open-minded. People will tell you stuff. Right, you need to know how to welcome it. You know, you won't use it if you don't want to use it, so nobody will force yeah. you, but not like making it look like, oh, you can't tell me, don't tell me, don't talk to me, don't don't correct me. Like you have to be teachable. You you got you. I got I got a question related to that. Um th- I guess this will be our final question. Um as Google is becoming more and more popular for their courses, I know this is big within the UX space is should someone start with the Google UX course, the professional certificate that they have out? Would you recommend that? Yes, yes, I do, because it is actually for beginners. You won't see an intermediate designer going to learn Google UX course. <laughs> you won't see an intermediate designer enrolling for it. It is beginner's course. It is a big, it's a fundamental course for beginners. And of course, every beginner Every newbie should do, if you cannot should, if you can't afford it, because I, I think it's, it costs a certain amount, though you can actually request, request for financial aid, right? But if you can't, if you couldn't get the financial aid, I know that you can't afford it. Of course, fine. It's beginner's cost. It's a beginner's cost, and you should go for it if you can afford to pay for it. It's fine. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I usually recommend their courses as well because it's a nice curriculum. Give you like a little outline um, if you don't know like what order to do things in and you need a agenda or yeah. anything like that. Um, all right. So we just want to get into our tech titan part of the show where we just shout out um, one person within tech that is uh, doing a lot for the community as well. So our tech titan for today is actually Kelly Hopkins. Kelly Hopkins is the Director of Research and Development at Correlation One, also known as DS4, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so DS4 Correlation One is known for their data science uh, program. Um, they also recently just came out with a data engineer uh, program as well. Uh, but want to shout out to Kelly Hopkins for everything that she's doing within the community, especially for the data world. 
Uh, we definitely appreciate you. Also, we want to show love to our guest again, Kemi, for coming on here and taking us behind the scenes of UX. If you didn't know nothing about UX, I hope this podcast was helpful to you. All about the data, baby. We keep it diverse as we can. You know, all things tech, all things data. So we appreciate you coming on. Any uh, last words you want to say to the audience before we close out? <laughs> okay, yeah. So um, I want to tell you that you are actually, you are a star. I mean, you can get wherever you want to be. If you are in a position right now where you feel that, oh, fuck, I'm not making any progress. I mean, I'm not supposed to be here. Trust me. I was once there. Right? I understand how it feel. I know what it takes to be there. Right? And I want to tell you that your dreams are valid. Yeah, your dreams are valid. Whatever you want to be, you can be that and you can be more of that. In fact, you can be times 10 or whatever you want to be right now. But how do you approach that? You have to be determined. You have to know what you want. You Because without even knowing what you want, you can't go for it. So it starts from you being determined. Please be determined. Know what you want and go for it. Yeah. No matter how big you feel, you are, oh, God, my, my guy, this dream is big, like... Just start from somewhere, right? Start from somewhere. You have to start from somewhere. If you want to work with Slack, if you want to work with the um, design team in Slack, you want to work with the design team in Amazon, you want to work with the design team in Facebook, you just have to start from somewhere. I mean, you just have to start from some probably volunteering or working with a startup in Nigeria or whatever. Just start. Just start. I mean, just start. Just start doing something. Yeah. Don't stop procrastinating. Just that's yeah and keep learning i mean um as a ui ux designer trust me you have to keep learning till you die till you die you have to keep learning and you yeah. if you can give back to the community in any way you can right oh, yeah, yeah. definitely i'm big on giving back to the community you know you gotta yeah. gotta hand it down to the next batch of beginners who's trying to you know, get to where you are for sure. It's room for all of us. You know, it's eight, eight uh-huh. million people in the world. Opportunities are everywhere. New jobs are opening up, startups, everything. So, um, well, once uh-huh. again, you know, we want to show love to all the supporters of the All About the Data community. If you're not in the Discord, be sure to join. We actually do have a UX channel in there. Um, we have over 4,000 members now. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to Spotify, Google, Apple, all of the above. Make sure you check out our SQL Saturdays, our Tableau Thursdays, and our Power BI Sundays. We also have uh, some more things coming out soon. Uh, So that pretty much wraps up today's show. All about the data, baby. Peace. And we are out.